everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. Well, uh, we're back. We had originally planned for this episode to come out last week, um, but then we couldn't record because of the minor issue of multiple day power outages here in Texas. So, uh, yeah, there was a, a minor <laughs> production delay let's call it so uh but we're back this week we're going to be on a basically like an every other week kind of schedule um that is loose uh obviously uh weather pending ice storms um but so that's roughly the schedule we're going to be on going forward but uh we have a little bit of news to catch you up on now and then uh we're gonna have another guest on our uh our our old friend jack fox uh now pro bowler jack fox so uh be good to catch up with him yeah it'll be it'll be fun and and like we mentioned the the week i guess a couple weeks prior now you know we get to use the pandemic time excuse forever right like we just we don't have to tell time anymore it just goes on (laughs) calendars are no longer calendars are merely a suggestion at this right it's never going back at at one point in previous past we hit on we'll, we'll we'll get jack on here and we'll have a, a couple more guests coming up so we're, we're pretty excited about the offseason i know that y'all and i can say that now because it's we're, we're starting it but but there's something different about knowing that like we got a couple more months of baseball and we're in football or we're in basketball and we're gonna have spring football and we're gonna finish it lord willing and it's, <laughs> it's a different it's a i'm not gonna say normal offseason but I, I i feel slightly more comforted and warm especially warm Slightly, uh, yeah, slightly closer to the the rhythms of of our standard off season that we're used to. Yeah, so we'll we'll do that and we'll hit into notes. Uh, I did one. Of the only other thing I wanted to plug here was if you're not following on Patreon, we're we're still cranking out through whatever season is going on, ice storm or, or not. We had uh, some notes on the spring roster up last week in the middle of. I mean, my house didn't even have power when when that went up, but uh, we have. <laughs> Uh, rain shine sleet freezing rain i learned grapple last week oh that's a, a new a, one yeah a chart from i think it was space city weather they tweeted out with the picture there's grapple so uh we're getting all of our weather uh, weather knowledge this is a rice podcast right we got to have some education yeah, in yeah. There. <laughs> so there you go look up your grapple so uh follow on at the roost slash patreon uh or patreon.com slash at the roost what Either or, you'll find us. And I think that's it for notes. The only other, or at least housekeeping pieces, the only other thing is football related. We get to go jump right into football. Yeah, for the uh, the first time in the Mike Boomgren era, we have a coordinator change. Uh, Jerry Mack is off to be on Josh Heupel's staff at Tennessee. So um, <laughs> he has hired former um, uh, general Pac-12 offensive assistant, we might say. He's been at several steps there several uh stops there after you know playing at washington and then spending his whole career in the nfl with the raiders so this might be uh might be his first job uh what east of nevada at this point but uh marcus tui sasopo or uh coach tui as we're gonna we're gonna go with the abbreviation uh thank you well you know as an alabama fan i've had a lot of practice with polynesian names these days so uh getting my getting my pronunciations down try to be real smooth with it and and i will throw in 
he spent basically uh, his his entire career with the Raiders, but he did have a one year stint. Uh, this is pulling all the pieces together, right? He had a one-year stint with the New York Jets in 2007. Uh, he was a backup quarterback with the Jets where the uh, quality control assistant on that staff was Mike Bloomgren. There we go. And so, everyone knows that the ties forged between backup quarterbacks and quality control assistants. I mean, there's no, there's no thicker bond in football, so... Uh, <laughs> I, think I, I can't think of this. one, so <laughs> I don't know if that's the uh, the weather affecting my my senses or who knows. Uh, but yeah, so there was I, there, there was some note there, and then of course that that's the I guess the direct slash indirect connection. But the 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 uh, the other connection would be, uh, of course, Bloomgren spent uh, his past several years before Rice as a coordinator at Stanford and got to know lots of folks among Pac-12 staffs. And as you mentioned, uh, Coach Tui, I'm not even going to try, at least not live, uh, has spent time at, at UCLA, USC, Cal, uh, offensive assistant, passing game coordinator, tight ends, quarterbacks, you name it. So uh, obviously some connections there and, and always a plus I, I'm not going to say there's a there's a, a bad thing with with promoting from within. That's kind of the direction that Rice went uh, last year and found some some good assistance there. But uh, it it was kind of refreshing to go and see them hire. You know, arguably a if if you go by message board, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the fans were were sad to see go uh, from from a, a Power Five program. So th that was a, a good pickup, I think, all things considered. Yeah, I think there's always, you know, whenever you have a coordinator change, I think the best coaches often take those as opportunities to kind of uh, bring in thing to kind of make themselves better, in a sense, to do some sort of self-scouting and say, what's a guy I can bring in who can kind of do some things that I haven't done before and kind of shore up the weaknesses that we have. Um, and so I, I really like going out of house with this one, in a sense. Um, and, uh, you know, clearly this is someone that, that Bloom had a lot of familiarity with from their time in the Pac-12 together. So, um, I'm excited to kind of do a deep dive on the offenses he was associated with. Um, cause I know there's, there's some, some schematic variety there in terms of, of the various offenses that were, were run at the place, particularly, um, I want to look at the stuff where he was passing game coordinator, but, uh. That's uh, so excited to dive into that. I, I don't know quite what to expect, but um, I always like to get when when teams get you know kind of an infusion of new schematic ideas, and and this should be fun in that respect. Yeah, and we'll have we'll have like we said plenty of time to go through this, but I think that what I was most interested when I was I was looking up, you know, he's he's coached quarterbacks and and been in charge of of offenses across the Pac-12 over the past decade. And so I was kind of looking. I'm like, okay, there's some quarterbacks in the Pac-12 over the past couple of years. Uh, and so he, I, of course, we can't assign all credit to all quarterbacks that he coached to him. Uh, but generally, it'd be a plus if uh, some of those guys did some good things. So uh, he was on the staff that recruited Sam Darnold to USC. Uh, and when we talk about Rice getting high school quarterback recruits that can produce. I, I would love to see a Sam Darnold-esque or uh, somebody that can land a quarterback of that caliber 
um, at least identify and pull them in. So that's a plus. And then, uh, of course, um, was at UCLA in 2016 with Josh Rosen. And both of those guys went on to be first round draft picks. So, again, we can't just assume that because we're getting a guy who coached good players that those players are necessarily going to come to Rice. But I think if, you know, once Coach Mack moved on to Tennessee and I was kind of it was actually a pretty close transition between uh, him leaving and then I guess Rice hasn't formally announced it this time, uh, but that the news breaking that Coach Tui was coming in. Uh, I, I when I would kind of you know put together my wish list, I'm like, I really hope that Bloomgren can find somebody that has you know a proven track record of identifying and and coaching up quarterbacks because I feel like that's kind of something I'm not going to say it's mm-hmm. been missing, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's been grad transfers who have been good for a year or you know with injuries maybe six to eight games or three. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, so so far. Uh, from first blush, he, he appears to check that box. And, and that, if nothing else, uh, I'm excited about that component of what he could be bringing to South Maine. Yeah, definitely. I, um, you, you can definitely tell he was with how quickly this moved uh, with it not being in-house, that this was a guy that Bloomgren had on kind of the short list. So um, good that they, he was able to kind of go out and get his guy real quick and uh, and that it's you know, he doesn't like there's not a huge tracker track record here in terms of, of like him as a play caller um, in, in, in his most recent stops. But like, I think all things considered, this is uh, about as about as good as a hire as you could have hoped for. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what he's going to bring. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was kind of a, a tandem as far as calling plays between Mac and Bloomgren. And, and, and we really don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, this time around, whether or not Bloomgren has, you know, learned from that first experience and he could be resetting the deck entirely and handing the reins over or taking more control. We, we, we just don't know uh, at this point. But, you know, uh, so far, <laughs> the offenses that he was a part of uh, several like top 20, top 25 in the country, uh, which is what you're supposed to be doing at, at USC and UCLA. Maybe not Cal, but, <laughs> you know. There's been there's there's been a couple good guy quarterbacks at Cal. Yeah, they um I noticed that uh former Cal QB Ross Bowers, who is now I think still a grad transfer at, at NIU NIU, one of his those at this point, like a sixth year guy in college football. Um not that there's anything wrong with that. Rice is gonna have a couple of them next year. But he had a really good season as Cal starter in twenty seventeen and uh there was I, I saw on Twitter where he had replied to the news and said oh just was saying glowing things about about Tui so well there you go I had no idea that's where he ended up yep the year of the seventh round eighth uh, eighth round eighth year player (laughs) it's coming folks yeah I mean they don't like you already had like I mean Alabama had a tight end last year who was a grad transfer from North Carolina who was a sixth year because he had had a red shirt and then an injury season and so there's got to be at least one seventh year guy somewhere out there coming up for the 2021 season so i feel like that's like a good research project <laughs> gonna have to yeah. dig in this off season or at least find who, who the oldest player on 
maybe each roster in Conference USA. Yeah, like find the oldest players who are not like, you know, guys who took time off and are like former minor league pitchers or like 30 year old punters from Australia, like guys that came straight out of high school. Like who's the oldest dude in college football? I'd be very interested to see that because at some point you're, you know, if you're getting into these seventh year guys, you might have a dude who's like 25 out there. <laughs> yeah, well, was it uh, I'm going to get that Austin Ani, right? Yes, he must have been what twenty twenty five twenty six. He was a he yeah was the he, same deal, right? Yeah, he was one of the one of those guys who was a pitcher. I I think. I mean, like, uh, oh, what was it? Brandon Whedon way back in you know twenty eleven or so at Oklahoma State. I think he was like thirty. When yeah, he, he was... got like drafted. Like people didn't want to draft him in the NFL because he was something like that. It was it was older. But we'll get there. That's a good off-season question. Go find your. Uh, <laughs> we got time. We don't have ages listed on the the roster. I haven't pulled up right now, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll sleuth this out for you because this is the uh, the hard hitting investigative reporting that you come to the the Roost podcast for. Exactly. Well, they they don't even have what what. So we called it super senior, right? Or I guess that's yeah. when you were taking the extra year to graduate, right? So in in football, it's graduate. Yeah, we're going to have ultra seniors at this point. Ultra. There you go. <laughs> I can roll with that. Yeah. So uh, and then we to close it out, we had uh, the rest of the changes to the coaching staff. I think we've hit on. I'll make sure I pull it up in front of me now. Um, but Chris Monfaletto, he was already on staff. Uh, he was. um pulling up my list right now he coached tight ends last year he's going to slide over uh, to special teams yep i have that right and then jim jackson who was hired from umass i don't know if we mentioned him on the pod or not yet uh, he's going to come in and he's going to coach tight ends so as of this moment in time that is the the rice coaching staff that i'm expecting we're going to take it to spring but it's it's kind of surreal now that we're we're getting into the end of February and there's still coaching changes that are. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of terrifying that it's almost March again. In a, a good way, <laughs> I, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, like in, in some ways good and in some ways terrifying, but uh, I guess I would rather be in this March than last March. <laughs> this is true. We won't we won't revisit that one. But yeah, that's coaches. And then we hit on turn back the clock to whenever we recorded the previous podcast. We kind of talked through some of the notes on the roster. Uh, but now that we do have an official roster, uh, I did want to spend a minute or two before we get Jack on just kind of going some high level thoughts now that we actually have uh, some names that we can put on it. And, and I think it's interesting. Here's the list that I want to start with of the guys who are not coming back this year uh, so uh, mike collins obviously the most notable one that's not really a surprise if you've been following what we've been writing and talking about over the past couple months that was expected uh, blaze aldridge garrett grammer uh, at linebacker defensive line javante hubbard and then on offense austin trammell uh, and really beyond that i'm going down the list not really buddy anybody else uh, like corner Colin Whitaker 
fifth string quarterback, Robbie Blosser, Austin Conrad, Chris Boudreaux. I mean, some of these guys got on the field a little bit last year, but were not supposed to be, you know, first or second team guys this year. So you're you're pretty well intact. Yeah, I mean, Rice didn't have a lot of sort of you know, seniors or, or guys in their final year of eligibility in the in the two deep anyway, but uh to bring back the majority of those guys even um is you know, it's a they were bringing back a lot last year and we thought that would lead to good things and who knows if it would have in a normal season, but it's 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 usually not a bad thing to bring back this much of your production, especially, you know, on the defensive side. So uh, yeah, and I'd have to we it, it's been interesting because it's at this point, you kind of have a good feel for for what rosters are going to kind of have a lot of those guys back and who's going to be starting over. But I, I really don't have a good sense for that. I would I would imagine that a lot of programs that, you know, aren't losing, you know, NFL caliber players are going to be pretty good because I would imagine a, a good amount of folks that are wanted back uh, would be invited back. Right for that extra year. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It's been, it'll be interesting to see the portal has been pretty busy over the past couple months. Um, even as football slowed down. So I know there's a couple programs around conference USA that have been hit harder than others, but I haven't really taken a good, you know, breather to see when the door has stopped revolving and, and who's going to end up better than others. I, I guess yeah. we know that, uh, Western Kentucky is now Houston Baptist East. brought the oc and just the whole depth chart with him yeah quarterback wide receiver i mean why not right like if it if it works hbu i think played three fbs teams last year and put up 30 plus points on all of them now not exactly a murderous row of fbs defenses i'll grant you but like that's uh that's that's pretty impressive yeah so we'll 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 tack that to the list of it's growing. Not that we we didn't run out of things to talk about last year, and we were in the middle of of a pandemic with no sports. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, we will have actual spring ball to talk about this time. So I'm excited about that. But uh, I think that is that that's all all I have on in front of me as far as uh, notes. Are are we set for for more football? Yeah, I think so. All right, uh, we are here now with our guest, uh, former Rice and current Detroit Lions punter and pro bowler, Jack Fox. How are you doing? What's up, guys? Doing good. Happy to be here. At least, uh, well, you, you told me a, a week ago from when we were recording that you were coming down to visit us, but uh, the, yeah, the cold yeah. weather scared you off? You'd had too much of it in Detroit? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, was, I was definitely excited to see y'all, but I had other plans, too, that ended up getting canceled, so... Uh, yeah, I'll be back down sometime in March, so hopefully we can do this again sometime then. Yeah, by the time you that that happens, it's going to be 90s and... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's already like that now, huh? It's probably warm by now, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was 70 degrees as of, like, Monday after having been 60 degrees cooler a week prior. Nothing yeah, makes welcome sense. To <laughs> welcome to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but you left Texas. Is is it anything? Give us the Detroit weather update. It was probably was it warmer than this? Is the the great uh, you know litmus test? Was it warmer or colder than Houston last week? 
That is a good question. So I was in St. Louis, and it was we got them at zero at one point in St. Louis. I know that was colder than Detroit. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to say Texas is colder than Detroit last week. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even in Detroit right now. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, the the oh. home of the Punter Conclave. Yeah, yeah, I'm back in the Punter Conclave. Roll well, this tide. is this is good. No, we're not gonna say roll tide, but no, Rice is undefeated against Alabama all the time. Yep, three and zero. Oh. Yeah, this yeah, is good. The, the number of people I have had present that stat to me before <laughs> is is just. Yeah, that's a, a truly that, astounding number. Yeah, that's a similar stat to the same thing. How people say that? Did you know Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw played on the same high school baseball team together? Like everybody knows that, but it seems to be like a interesting stat. Fact. I did not know this. No way. I'm learning things. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I thought everybody knew that, but everybody thought it was like a kind of like a cheeky thing to know. But I guess I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Okay. If you have watched a broadcast with either of those players, like it's it's coming up at some yeah, point. Yeah, like like Joe Buck is the king of doing that. Or like um, there was a while where you could not watch 14 seconds of. I think when he was with the Saints was the peak of it, but you could not watch 14 seconds of a Saints game without hearing, "Hey, did you know that Jimmy Graham played basketball in college?" Yep, <laughs> right. Yep, right. I did. I have watched an NFL game and been presented with that fact before. Right. I think the, the other one that carried over was back in his, his days at A&M, and it, it's kept going. Uh, it depends on who's doing the broadcast for the Lakers, but Alex Caruso. It's like, yeah. did you know he was a ball boy? I that, that, didn't know that one, but I don't, there, I'm not really connected to the, that guy. There you go. I watched a whole lot of basketball. I, so that was, that was I the fact. saw Alex Caruso in person, like, at least twice, because he was playing at A&M when I was, when I was at Alabama for law school, and... I like it is so weird to me that he is like a high level NBA rotation player because he like his senior year at A&M, he averaged like nine points and that was like the best he ever was. I have no idea how this happened. It's very strange. It's so cool. He he probably has like a top shot now. Isn't that the new thing? Yeah, yeah, I could, I have, have you dropped all of your uh, your Pro Bowl w- winnings into uh, your uh, new top shot collection? Um, funny story because <laughs> so that's game, a maybe. It's not a no. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you. Since they didn't have a game, they didn't do a Pro Bowl bonus. Oh, uh, it, it's obviously not the end of the world. But I'm probably one of a handful of guys that made the Pro Bowl that actually care about the Pro Bowl bonus. So it was <laughs> matter, a little bit matters more to punters than other positions, I guess. Right. But I I ended up getting a uh, $500 gift card and I got a pair of headphones. So um, nice. I haven't. Spent any of that on Papa Shot yet? But maybe. <laughs> now Papa Shot, Papa Shot, is, that's different. That's the old arcade game with the basketball that comes oh, down. What are you talking about? The, uh, the how many games would you have to play to spend five hundred dollars on Papa Shot? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I guess that's probably a better way. I was thinking I could buy my own, but I guess I could just go to the arcade <laughs> and play whatever I want. <laughs> This is good. This is how we know that the off season has gone on too long. So if if, if we find you in like it, it, you know it's it's June and and you're you you're calling us with Papa Shot records. Yeah, I will. Next time I'm on the show, I'll let you know how I did. This is good. I couldn't even tell you what a good Papa Shot score is, but I'll I'll do some research. That'll be my commitment before that we get you on the next time we'll go around. But uh, you. 
we do we we need the uh desperately we need the the punter conclave uh update so so last year you you came together and then a handful of you guys out went out and got jobs uh, got a pro bowler in that mix yeah. uh, is it is it the same group have you expanded are you taking over you know uh nearby towns it has word gotten yeah. out no we've uh we were still in Birmingham but yeah it's a little bit different it uh it's kind of one of those things um just kind of the nature of it but the guys that get jobs come back and the guys that don't get jobs in the NFL tend to find real jobs somewhere and there's like a new batch of of young guys that come in looking for jobs in the NFL so um, there's some guys that were here from last year and some new guys, but I just got down here yesterday, so I'm kind of just meeting all the new guys right now and, and uh, just partying for the first time today, and it's fun to be down here. So is it, is it settled in? You said guys go get real jobs. Has it settled in yet now that you've been doing this? I guess this was your first full season, you know, punting every Sunday, but is it settled in that this is actually kind of actually your real job? No, not really. Um, <laughs> for, for, a, for a little bit there, it settled in when I was going to football every day and, and doing that. But now that it's off season, it's kind of weird again. Um, yeah, I don't know if it'll ever really settle in. Hopefully, it doesn't. But a uh, a pretty cool experience, and I guess we we left off, and you were you were bunking with Matt Prater, and in a training camp battle. And uh, we don't gotta have to rehash everything, but uh, I, I do want to kind of hear because you were—I uh, don't know how to say—you you, seem pretty confident that that you were you were doing pretty well uh, heading up into that decision point. But of course, you you can't know for sure. So I I just kind of want to hear from from your words. What was that like when you, you found out, had that conversation, and had the moment that you know you you know real job or not that you were actually going to get the shot that you. Have been working for for you know a couple decades at this point yeah yeah I, mean, I was really excited um but at that point like we didn't have preseason last year because of covid so it was really just kind of a prove it situation like i i knew i was the starting starting punter week one but they they kind of made it seem like it's one week at a time type thing like you're the guy but let's see it so i kind of knew that i had to have a good few weeks to begin the season to um really get the job like we had a bye week after a week four and usually there's four preseason games so that first four weeks of the season really felt like preseason to me at least um obviously it counted but i uh i just kind of felt like it was a make it or break it type moment so um once that came that's when i once that bye week came and we had four good weeks on our punt team i kind of felt more secure so and i i know We've talked that you are you're a creature of habit to uh, to some extent. I guess it goes with the specialist gene. Right. But, uh, you know, go through your first four weeks. And at that point, I think you were you were close to, if not leading the NFL and, you know, all most of the major statistics that you uh, are paying attention to. Are, are you like wearing the same pair of socks to every practice, eating the same bowl of cereal? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. But it's funny, like. When I have been punting really well, so those first four weeks I was punting well, like I was in a groove. Like I, I just, I'm not thinking about anything. Like I'm confident to the point where, like, I don't worry about superstitions. Now towards the end of the year, I had a couple bad weeks in a row, and that's when I started thinking, like, oh man, I should change this. I should, I should <laughs> maybe wear this pair of socks. I should wear my jersey like this. Like that's when you start thinking more, and that's bad. So I'm gonna go out there and say that uh, 
where everything's going right, I'm not very superstitious. Wait, so how? What? What? What's a different way to wear a jersey? Am I? Am I just a football novice at this point? <laughs> Maybe it's really just the way it feels. Like sometimes I have like an undershirt that sticks out a little bit more. Like it's really the undershirt more than the actual jersey. Because you're right, there's only one way to really wear the jersey. <laughs> they don't. So, well, they don't you, let you, you do the crop top thing there. in the NFL anymore, do they? So uh, you couldn't. Right. You couldn't do that uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, abs out thing. I probably could have, but I would have gotten fined. So, <laughs> you know, what, if you guys want, I can do something special for y'all, but I'll send the fines to you guys. <laughs> I, that was the other thing I was thinking. The the old powder puff. You know, you get the hair tie and you you put your jersey up in a bun behind you on the back. Yeah, I can you, do that. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It might not have the same, you know, macho swagger that you're you're going for. No, maybe I should wear a. Uh... Like one of, shoot, I forgot what they're called. But it's one of those uh, like almost neck guards that like fullbacks wear, a cowboy collar. Oh cowboy yeah, collar. like the <laughs> one, like the, the neck roll and like put your pad, put your jersey up over it, like you right, know, like, like a like, not, like a Riggins fullback from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, like like you're straight out of 1985, like you're a you know like a linebacker off the Bears defense or something. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That might send like a cool message. I don't think they can find me for it, so maybe I'll do that. <laughs> So now, now I'm gonna go play Papa Shot. Your homework is to go figure out what's the most obscure net gear you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh man, that that's pretty crazy. All right, that now I'm now I'm sufficiently distracted thinking of you know, like we remember what Moose Johnson, old fullback. I'm I'm going way back now. No, <laughs> okay, look him up. He he's a guy that ha- would have a net guard. Okay. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but uh, yeah. So you're you're going through the season. At what point, you know, you mentioned you had a couple of bad weeks, but at that point you'd been kind of, I was kind of tracking along throughout the season. I'm like, he's like seven yards better than everybody, six yards, and there's lots of people doing this. Uh, you know, obviously I've talked to you. I can can pretty much guarantee that you aren't saying I got to get to the Pro Bowl. I got to get to the Pro Bowl. Uh, but it, at some point you look up and you're two thirds through the season and they're starting to you know, put those ballots and stuff out there. It, did it ever hit you at the point that like, okay, not only am I doing this, but I'm actually like, I'm doing it just as good as just as well, if not better than anybody else. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, like towards the end of the year, I think the pro bowl voting and stuff kind of, I don't know if it screwed me up, but I definitely thought about it. And at that point it was kind of like, let's get to the end of the season. Like, like I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily, obviously I was trying to succeed, but I was just trying not to screw it up as much as anything. And obviously that's like a wrong mindset. And I think that kind of screwed me up. And I think the Pro Bowl voting kind of led to that a little bit. So by the time the Pro Bowl was announced, I was kind of more relieved that it was just all over than anything, which maybe is too bad, but um, that's just kind of how I was feeling. You did end up uh, eventually being named second team All-Pro. Uh, by the Associated Press, what is your plan to dethrone Jake Bailey next year? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Well, I'm, I'm at the punter conclave right now, trying to hash that. <laughs> to hash that <laughs> and uh, let's hope is Jake there? Can you can you challenge him to ritual combat or something for the, for the throne? Yeah, so Jake's not here right now. Oh, uh, he's not coming. I don't I don't really know him that well. He's but, he's, do- uh, he's dodging you. He's probably at his own punter con- conclave somewhere. <laughs> Wait, I think I think he's from San Diego, so um, probably at a much nicer punter conclave. Mm, he's at Conclave West. He's probably yeah, yeah, he's probably on the beach or something in their conclave. We're in Birmingham, Alabama, um, right in the heart of the city. 
no beaches around here, which I think is a good thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, I got a few things to work on and just trying to get better. This is fantastic. So when we talked last year, you talked about I, I asked you for a maybe obscure to me and non punter thing that you were you were working to to get better on. You told me hands. Yeah. And, and catching. Yeah. Uh, is there any other is it like uh, putting your finger up in the air with wind direction? Like what's the uh... well, it, it's kind of disappointing that that's all you got out of the hands thing is catching the ball. It was more than that. You basically got to catch. I told you this last time. You basically catch it and then you hold on. Hold on. I'm getting my notes out. I'm going to get it right for the next time. All right. So working on the hands isn't just catching. It's catching it and then guiding the ball towards your foot. So the better your hands are, the better, the more likely you are to hit a good punt. You'll be more consistent. Whatever. Um, But yeah, right now I'm kind of focusing on um, like we call them plus 50 punts. So punts that we snap the ball from around the 50-yard line, maybe it's plus 45-yard line, minus 45-yard line, but uh, kind of those punts where I'm trying to be precise and get it close to the goal line without hitting a touchback. So last year I had a, a, too many touchbacks, in my opinion, and I probably wasn't precise enough on my like end-over-end plus 50 punts. So that's kind of my main thing right now. And this is, is this a, like a, a Steph Curry basketball situation where he'll just go drop like 500 threes in a gym session? Are you just sitting there with with a bag of balls and just kicking as many straight to try and down it like at the two? Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't really figured out a great way to uh, get better at it yet other than just going out there and kicking the ball. So I don't know, I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> This is good, and then what what we have just learned is there's now a rival conclave to the west, uh, right? And I, I and sorry, I'm don't mean to uh, to interrupt you, but I have a train in the background. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, this living is next great. to a train. So if that this is authentic to, to San Diego Beach, I'm saying we're a little bit grittier out here in Birmingham. Yeah, well, focus focused on punting, punting only, not like those glory boys. Right, right. I might go to the train tracks and punt on the train tracks. <laughs> yeah, but challenge your buddy. I can kick it. I can kick it further than the train. Yeah, maybe. It's it's like it's like Rocky Four. Like they're out in San Diego doing all these you know advanced scientific training, and you're you know, yeah. funny on a train track. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I like that. I'm just picturing. Did they ever do like like the uh, was it American Gladiator? Yeah. Have the have the have the red team and the blue team. This is this is what I'm picturing now. At the end of all of this, we're going to come through in March, and when uh when college football is doing their preseason, we'll 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 pitch you up against each other back to back. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe not. Now at this point, reality all, all TV's next great hit. Yeah, we'll keep it off TV. I don't think anybody wants to watch one of this. There's yeah, there I'm are I, 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 in there. all honesty, I really I like Jake a lot. We, I played against him in college a couple times. Went to the combine with him. It's pretty cool. Like, yeah i think you you posted either it was around the time that the pro bowl stuff got announced or or shortly after uh i think it was you a picture of of you and him because y'all punted against each other when rice played stanford out in in australia right yeah 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 we have a picture together with a i know we're in like sydney harbor i don't know if there's a koala or anything in the picture but it's a pretty cool shot (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah, that's that's funny. And now I'm now I'm just picturing. We'll, we'll, we'll rig it up. We'll we'll get something going for you. 
All we right. didn't get that on TV, but I know, and I, I did want to ask you. So there, there was no real Pro Bowl this year, right? But uh, there was. They, they did Madden, or I, I'm confess I didn't watch any of this. Um, I but, I will also confess I didn't either. But um, <laughs> they they were, I thought it was going to be more of like a Madden tournament where everybody plays Madden, but they ended up doing I think like two players on each team like kind of switched off and played against each other. Um, which it, it's cool they did something. So um, obviously, wish we played a real game. Did you participate? No, I didn't. I, I wasn't asked. It was more like Kyler Murray and uh, more of people of his stature than mine. <laughs> they didn't think that they weren't going to be live streaming. You would, of course, handle the punt- punting duties. By people his stature, you mean people that are five nine. <laughs> so, so, I, so I could have been. Uh, so I could have been invited. I, I'm tall enough for this competition. I, yeah. I am not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, Thanks, I didn't guys. mean by that, but uh, <laughs> apparently, what I what I've heard is one of the NFC was about to punt, and I guess Snoop Dogg might have been on the team, and he talked whoever was deciding to punt out of punting. So, I guess Snoop Dogg is certifiably not a fan of punnings. Anti. <laughs> well, he's not invited to the conclave. No, he's not, <laughs> and not even if he wanted to be. This is good. Um, so what else is uh what else is on the docket? Obviously, the 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 punter conclave is going to hone your skills, and and we'll we'll be birthing Pro Bowl punters that we don't even know now. Uh, into the uh, well, I guess they'd have to go kick for the AFC, right? So AFC right. Pro Bowl punters, <laughs> NFC is claimed. Uh, but you have that on the docket. What's the uh, off season look like uh, for you now? Just kind of uh, training and and catching up and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Building so, like, further conclaves across the country. Right. So uh, the first month of the off season, I kind of uh, just kind of spent it to myself. Like I traveled around, saw some old friends, kind of relaxed. And uh, now that I'm down in Birmingham, I just got here yesterday. I'm kind of back on the uh, like punting, working out, um, real like routine focus right now. So the next couple of months, I'll be here, just kind of focusing on football and. And uh, we don't even know if we'll be back in uh, Detroit for OTAs yet. They haven't decided if that's virtual or in person. So kind of waiting to see what the uh, schedule is looking like for OTAs training camp. But, yeah, right now I'm just really focusing on football. And uh, it, update, uh, are you still, is Matt Prater still graciously renting out a, a basement space to you? Have you, you found your own pad, uh, tried some more uh, pizza? Yeah, I think square I, uh, pizza, what we talked about last time, right? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of square. Of, well, the problem is St. Louis style pizza is also square, and I like that pizza a lot more in Detroit style. But um, yeah, I hope I don't think I'll be living in Matt's basement anymore. But uh, yeah, hopefully he invites me back over to hang out. <laughs> Once you make the Pro Bowl, you uh you don't get the basement basement <laughs> invitation anymore. Yeah, he didn't feel as bad for me anymore. Now I'm still hung up on on the, the fact that there's a St. Louis style pizza. Yeah, there is. It is uh it's thin crust. It is a different kind of cheese. It's called Provel. It's not provolone, it's called Provel. And it, it's like melted in with the sauce. It's thin, it's crispy, it's really good. You can eat a whole pizza by yourself. And uh the best place is called Emos, I M O S. So if you're ever in St. Louis, Missouri, go to Emos. I'm really loving this idea that there's like everyone knows the like New York versus Chicago style debate, but I'm I'm loving the idea that there might be this like undercurrent of like square pizza debate between St. Louis and Detroit that 
would be even more like acrimonious and and heated yeah. than than so than this New is, York and Chicago. This the is great. square pizza rivalry. Yeah, St. Louis and Detroit both have square pizza, but that's about the only similarity between the two. <laughs> the, the Detroit pizza is square, but it's really thick, and so I guess it's not terrible, but it's just not my style. Well, and I, I do have to interject this. If you Google Provel cheese, which I did because I, I, I believed you that it existed, but I was curious. Uh, the third hit is uh, an NPR article entitled One City's Love Affair with Processed Cheese. If you're not yeah. from St. Louis, you've probably never heard of Provel. Yeah, it's it's not a huge hit of, for people outside of St. Louis. A lot of people think it's like cardboard with like cheese whiz on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> how I've heard it described. But I mean, it's it's freaking awesome. So go ahead and try it, and you'll probably eat the whole pizza. So I'm warning you. This is good. Well, I I, I uh, you know. Now I'm now I'm I'm gonna have to go. Can you get Provel cheese outside of? Do I gotta like make a trek, a pilgrimage? Yeah, no, you you can't. You gotta go to St. Louis. Well, there you go. So you you were you were depriving yourself to to go to go work on your craft, and then you can return home for pizza. Yeah, that's right. Well, when I go home, I eat so much of it that I don't need any more for at least three months. So. <laughs> you, you stock up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. This is great. The uh, I don't know if it's going to be like a ballad or a Broadway number. The the story of Jack Fox with the Provel and the Punter Conclave. We're continuing to build it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. It's fun stuff, man. Yep, yeah, it is. You guys are invited anytime you want. I know uh, you're from Birmingham, aren't you? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what part of Birmingham? Uh, I grew up in Vestavia. Uh, my parents live in Homewood now. Oh, sweet. Yeah, you're right there. I guess Birmingham's mm. not that big, but yeah. Yeah, well, you yeah, say this. If you ever down, come, uh, come pick me up for some barbecue or something. Yeah, uh, I will say the best. Uh, if you ever, you know, if you you have a, you know, Saturdays off in the punter conclave or something, uh, if you can get out to Tuscaloosa, the best place to get barbecue in Alabama is this shack across the river from Tuscaloosa proper in in Northport, which is like the the uh, a suburb of Tuscaloosa, if you will. Um, it's called Archibald's. And they okay. make, bar none, the best pork ribs in the entire world. Perfect. Yeah, I'll make sure to try that out. I will. Uh, I will. I have never been to Archibald, but I will uh, testify that that Coach Bloomgren. Uh, that was a conversation that we had when we were talking with the. Uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Evan, Evan Dudley, uh, the uh, oh, nice. guy covers uh, UAB at AL dot com. So if uh, if Bloom will vouch for it, I mean, it can't be all that bad, right? Yeah, and, you know, and and complete definitely. side note, as a uh, as a Texan who like is aware that Birmingham exists, um, when you said what part of Birmingham, my first thought was Birmingham, right? Yeah. But I realize it's, it's, I realize it's not quite Houston big, but it's not not small. Like so. Yeah. Well, well it's also like a, a place like Houston. You can say, "Where in Houston are you from?" And people can give you various answers that are still technically within Houston. Like you can say, like, I don't know, you know, River Oaks or Third War. Like there are, are subdivisions that are still all within Houston proper, you know, even excluding the like enclaves like Westview and Bel Air. But like Birmingham has a plenty of suburbs and like, you know, outlying areas that are all, you know, quote unquote Birmingham. But like 
if you're in like within the city limits of Birmingham, it's it's like there are neighborhoods, but it's pretty much just Birmingham. Like it's not it's not that big geographically. Yeah, you're right. Well, this is good. I, I'm I'm learning geography. I'm learning about cheeses. Yeah, very uh, intellectual. <laughs> I I appreciate that, man. Well, Jack, we 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 always have a good time catching up on air or or off air. But uh, for uh, those listening, thanks for uh, taking some time to uh, sit and chat with us about everything. I, you know, whatever the journey is, has been and. Uh, we certainly uh, enjoy catching up and, and hearing and now, you know, getting food recommendations. So whenever we are, are traveling again, I now know not to go to Detroit for food. Um, well, I, I say pizza for an inferior yeah. brand of square pizza. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for square pizza, you know not to go to Detroit. <laughs> Food's not terrible. I, I will give you for all the uh, the Lions fans or Detroit, De- De- Detroitians, Detroitite. I don't know. The people I know, it's, of I know it's Michiganders, which is a fun uh, yeah, like, them, but I don't, I don't know about <laughs> Detroitites, De- Detroitians. We'll Can call, you? We'll say people of Detroit. <laughs> the people. Uh, this is your last chance to offer an out for uh, to to correct me. Uh, any any plus pizza or not pizza? Obviously not pizza, but other food recommendations for for those in Detroit that you you've enjoyed. You know, we'll answer this question next year. We had COVID all year. I didn't okay, okay. True. I'll give you a more educated answer next year. This Hopefully is food. This is uh, this is true. This is food. That's uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go make myself a square pizza. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. Uh, thanks, thanks to Jack for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to those of y'all that listened. We'll be back. Uh, in a couple of weeks, hopefully no ice storm related delays this time. And uh, Rice Fight. Never dies, baby. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.